0: Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Cecile Holt, who is a partner and private wealth advisor with Argent Bridge. Welcome.
1: Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me.
0: So Cecile, tell us some about yourself and what it is that you do.
1: So I am a certified financial planner and certified divorce financial analyst, which is a mouthful for saying that. I'm a financial advisor who specializes in assisting people going through a divorce. Um, so I would say we we probably help about 50% of people with just traditional financial planning. And about the other half of the time, I focus on helping people uh, getting ready um, while they are going through a divorce with sorting out the finances and, and so on and so forth.
0: So how did you get where you're at now? I mean, you're a partner here. You've been doing this for, for a number of years. What how did, you, how did you get from you know, college to here?
1: Well, it's been quite a journey. Um, and um, you know, growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. And to me, the role of a teacher is, is really to educate and set up their students to succeed in life. And I see the same thing happening with being a financial advisor. You know, I see my role as educating people and, and setting them up for success. Um, So not to bore you, but I really started in college taking this random financial um, education class and I just wanted to educate myself first. Um, I was an econ major, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then that really piqued my interest. I was like, well, so you're telling me that pensions are going away and Mm -hmm. social security is about to go broke and yet, and people are supposed to create their own, retirement and savings but no one is educated about this so um, I just thought that I could kind of fulfill my wish of educating people being a teacher and filling that gap that financial education gap
0: right so you know at this point I would say that you're successful in what you're what you're doing. Um, what is it that that gets Cecile up and going in the morning and gets gets you excited?
1: Um, well, first of all, I think my job is different every single day, so that's super exciting. Like I love putting pieces of the puzzle together. Um, We're very big in being advocates for our clients, especially in going through a divorce. I feel like we do make a difference in people's lives. I know it sounds, you know, sounds cliche and dramatic, um, but in our case, we, we usually help the spouse who's the least dedicated of the two. Um, so. We, we really feel as though we're taking someone who's in such an uncertain place, doesn't really understand their finances, going through this huge transition, not only financial, but emotional, and then we're taking them to a place where, you know, they're going to be comfortable and they're gonna be okay. So um, it, it's, really, um, it, it's really empowering that the process is, I don't know, it just makes me very fulfilled. Great.
0: So, you know, you, you talk about that you, that you help people through that, the financial side of of divorce, what Mm -hmm. are some of the things that you guys do to, to help them? I understand, you know, you're going to explain to them, help them understand that, you know, what, what everything is worth and kind of how to, um, how you're going to split it. But, but what are the other things that you guys do, uh, in that process to help them?
1: Right. So, I mean, as you said, some of it is just very basic, but sometimes the basics, you know, some, some people even struggle with, it. you know, there's usually one person in the household who takes care of the finances and the other one is not always educated. It's not always that case, but um, so we do help with, you know, having people get an understanding of where they are, you know, information is power. Um, But we try to be very resourceful too, because what I've noticed is you can have two people with the exact same net worth and, you know, same assets, et cetera, but what they want might be different. So you could have two people with the same exact situation, yet our advice is going to be different based on what they're trying to accomplish. Um, For instance, it might be, you know, the house is often a very contentious um, asset. You know, either people really care about it or they don't. So we really try to be um, resourceful. And when I was talking about this puzzle, you know, we have all these pieces that are usually kind of the same, but the picture is always different at the end. So that's what's really exciting to me. So we, we help our clients and their attorneys with strategizing around what, how do the resources they have today as a couple, what they're going to get out of the divorce is going to help them to be successful later in life and being a good, strong financial position going forward.
0: I think something that you said in there that, that's extremely important, and I try to tell people this all the time, that not everybody's situation is going to be the same. Mm-mm. Everybody's going to have different needs. And, and because of that, you may tell me going through a divorce. That hey, you need to do this because you want you need more cash. Where somebody else may say, okay, you know, same same situation, but no, you want more retirement dollars or or however you're going to divide it up. I try to tell people all the time with the taxes, you can't compare yourself to your next door neighbor because your situation right. is totally different. Um, and I think sometimes people listen too much to their next door neighbor, or somebody like that, who says, oh, I'm that's getting, so you know, true. 15% return <laughs> on my money. Um, right. So I think that that's, that's something that's, that's important. Um, you know, that you said there, what are some of the common mistakes that you that you're seeing people make?
1: So I would say in, in my realm and working with a lot of women, and it's not that we intentionally work with women, but it just ends up being that way. Right. right, um, right. I, I would say not so much a mistake, but almost failing to plan. And the, the biggest thing that we see in my biggest pet peeve is for women to really fail to preserve their ability to earn. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by this, and again, maybe I run into this more than other advisors because I do work with divorcees sure. so much, um, but I'll often work with women who used to have a career, who are highly educated, you know, will have a college, college, no, 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 college degree right. or even master's degree and had a great career and then stopped working to take care of the kids and you know, kind of run the household and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, by the way, I'm a mom of two and I completely can understand wanting to spend time with your family and children. What I would say is, if you, if women do take time off, it is important to kind of keep a foot in the workforce and preserve that ability to earn so taking time off is okay. but taking time off for too long and, and losing your ability to find a job and gainful employment that is connected to your skills is a huge mistake, in my opinion, because I've seen way too many women who then later on rely on their spouse's earnings and, and kind of become financially hostage, you know, in that marriage. Right. And, and that's not a pretty, um, it's not a pretty situation to be in. Um, so if I have any advice for any women out there is, you know, if you're working and, and you have that education, those skills, try to preserve those skills, even if you take some time off.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would. I've seen that quite a bit. Also, um, I've also seen that where that same situation is happening and not necessarily a divorce, but the husband passes away
1: right For, at absolutely. That point,
0: you know it's you know then then they're in a big panic because you know hopefully yes there's enough life insurance to help them out short term but to get back on their feet and things like that it takes you know a lot longer to to do so i agree uh, i definitely think what you're saying you know that de- definitely makes a you know a lot of sense there um in the, the clientele that you're dealing with, what are some of their biggest fears?
1: Um, you know what's funny? Um, what I would say is it doesn't matter how much wealth people have. I feel like oftentimes almost no one feels as though they have enough. Right. Um, so definitely running out of money and not being able to retire successfully is, is a fear of a lot of people. Um A fear to be a burden of family is is another one. You know, I see a lot of people who have witnessed their own parents going into retirement communities or gonna have their health fail and and not have planned properly. So um, I hear that often, you know, I don't wanna be a burden on my children. I wanna make sure that I have assets for them, Um, that I have assets to carry for myself, but also leave a legacy. Um, and and, yeah, always that, no matter how much money people have always that fear of running out.
0: Right. So what, what are some of the things, I mean, obviously if, if if someone gets divorced or, or has a spouse that passes away, so now it's just kind of just them. Um, Mm -hmm. so before they had somebody else that they were, you know, partnering with from a financial health living and so forth, what are some of the, the What's some of the advice that you're giving these people when they're, I'm going to say, starting over um, by themselves?
1: Right. So, I mean, it it starts with very basic financial education. Um, First, I mean, so basic is understand where you are. Um, Mm -hmm. And it starts with just what is your balance sheet? What's your income? What are your expenses? um and, and you know people often come to us thinking there's a silver bullet somewhere and and <laughs> it's really boring right you no know, it's like live within your means don't spend more than what um you're earning and and just kind of plan um so you know <laughs> it's probably not that exciting to your listener to hear this but uh we really start very basic of you know just make sure that you're not spending more than what's coming in every month and and get an understanding of what your budget is. If you've never had a budget before, try to really get an understanding of that. Um, And then if, you know, if you don't necessarily have income, but, you know, resources, how can we create an income stream from those assets? So how can you create a paycheck from your portfolio? So we really start from there and running projections so that our clients can kind of have that, that peace of mind that they're going to be okay or if they're not currently okay that they will be. Um, you know I, I painted this pretty grim picture for divorcees and, and we have a lot of people who come to us who are not in a good shape but what I'll say is and what's so exciting about my job is that you know a few years or even a few months post-divorce we're able to get people in a good place where at least they understand exactly what they have to do in order to be fine. Um, so I would say it's not because someone goes through a financial hardship uh, that they can't be okay later on, but it does require some planning and, um, and some good advice, I think.
0: I think that, um, you know, you mentioned that, that B word in their budget, and, and many people don't like that, don't like that, they don't do it. Um, And I think that that's that's critical and not just for, you know, you know, your clients that are going through divorce or or, or
1: everyone
0: (laughs) passed away. I think it's important to to make sure that, you know, you put together that that budget and you're looking at your your spending every month and comparing it to your budget, because, you know, our society does way overspend. um, and, And that's why so many people are in the debt that they're in. Um,
1: i agree and it doesn't matter how much you earn i see people of all income levels i mean people make a million dollars plus right i know you're in a oh, yeah. uh, dmv area and, and there's a lot of wealthy people out here and it really doesn't matter how much you earn if you spend more than what you earn you're going to be in trouble
0: yeah yeah i think that i think that financial education is so important. I mean, this is something we're not teaching in the high schools anymore. Yeah, um, right. And, you know, when they go to college, unless they're, you know, uh, an econ major or accounting or something in business, they're never even introduced to, to budgeting. And, and they, the, the financial education of our society and our, our kids that are growing up is so poor right now um, that I think that, you know, we need to do as much as we can to to try to help them.
1: I agree and not only that I remember being in college and having credit card companies prey on us. You know they'd be like, "Oh, open this credit card and you'll get a Jimmy John sandwich." And I was like, right. "Of course I want a Jimmy John sandwich. <laughs> Where do I sign?" Right. Um, so that's yeah, not only people you're right. Kids are not educated around finances and worse, people are preying on them early.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can remember when when I was in college some of the the, you know some of the guys that were on the football team, they thought that if they had a checkbook and there were checks in the checkbook, they had money in their account <laughs> and they could just just write. Magic. Them. So yeah. <laughs> so it, it was bad. That's for sure. Um right now, you know, with um COVID and everything else, what are what's one of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now?
1: As a business or yes. Um I would say we're pretty fortunate that COVID hasn't impacted us negatively um, as a business because we were able to really pivot really quickly to working from home. And um, if anything, I would say, you know, COVID's obviously been devastating for a lot of people, but I feel like we've been able to help a lot of people. And that's been very fulfilling for us because, um, you know, some of our clients are even. some of their friends have lost jobs or been experiencing transitions that were not necessarily expected or been offered like early retirement packages and such. So, um, you know, I, I hate to say that we've benefited from this, but I feel like we've been in a position to help more people um, at a time where they needed it. So, um, you know, I'm very, very grateful that we've you know, we've been able to sustain this um, this crisis as well as business. Right.
0: So now when, when you're taking on new clients, um, at the beginning, I'm assuming you're, you're working with them a ton of time, kind of when, when you, I'm going to say kind of come out on that other side with them after that, how often are you meeting with your clients?
1: Right. Great question. It, it depends. Um, you know, depending on, on where people are in life. Um, you know, we I would say I would start by saying we don't want to put a short-term emphasis on a long-term plan. So we definitely don't want to meet with people too often because that will lead to maybe try to do too much where, where you know too much is not required. Um, you know, for example, you don't necessarily want to make trades in the portfolio too often. Like we, we do want to kind of have a strategy agree to it and unless things change, um, then make adjustments. So, um, I would say most people we, we meet with about a couple of times a year, but I have some executives who will have, um, you know, who work for, uh, for companies that have, um, you know, that they'll have stock in their company and they'll vest quarterly. So I'll make sure to absolutely have a call with them and a check-in with them quarterly. And then we decide then, like, what do we do with those shares? Do we sell them? Do we keep them? Or same thing with stock options. So, I would say kind of it depends on on people's needs, you know, our our clients who are in the workforce and um, have that type of compensation. We're very, very active with Um, people who are retired and, you know, their situation doesn't change very often. Then we'll meet about semi-annually with them. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't pay attention, right? Sure, sure. Um, It just means we're, we're just meeting with them a couple of times a year, but we have, we're constantly paying attention to their portfolios and what's going on. And as soon as there's something that changes in their life, we always tell our clients, pick up their phone and call us. Like we, we really should be one of the few people that you call if you know, for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right.
0: I think that, that something that that's important also for the listeners to understand, and they've heard me say it a, a, a ton of times, is that you need to have your financial team being your financial advisor, your CPA, your attorney, your estate planner. And we all need to be communicating throughout the year also because there could be money that somebody doesn't necessarily have with you or they may have a a vacation home or something like that or rental property that they may have sold um, or they're going to be selling, which is gonna affect their taxes but it's also gonna affect you know, cash that they may need or they may right. have extra that you, know, you can invest with them. Um, I think that it's important for people to understand also that, that you're putting together a plan for them and that you're meeting with them to make tweaks to the plan if need be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to always equate it to, okay, we're, you know, we're getting on the road to, to go to Disney. We're all not just hopping in the car and driving we're going to pull out the map figure out how far we're going to go down and where we're going to spend the night so forth and mm-hmm. so on if we're driving and i think it's important for people to understand that everybody's going to go a different way to, right. to get to disney good which analogy. Is the with mm-hmm. the plan that, that, that you're putting together for them um and again depending on you know, if they got a new car that's driving, that's not going to have any issues versus, you know, an older car that that may need more yeah, pit stops yeah. along the way. Um, I just think it's, again, going back to the whole thing of of not thinking what your neighbor has is the right thing that, you know, to trust who you're with and stick to the plan.
1: hmm oh, That's good advice.
0: Um, so using a professional like you, why is that important?
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I do think, you know, there, there's, the reason I'm pausing is, you know, nowadays you just hear, oh, there's robo-advisors and this and that. And and when the market is going well, everybody feels that so they can do it themselves, right? right. Um, but then the market pulls back 20, 30%, uh, like in March of 2020. And then all of a sudden, everybody remembers why they need us. So, I would say, I mean, what we really do for clients is simplify the complex. So we do try to, you know, have them enjoy life and enjoy what they're really good at. So um, I think it's important for people to hire us because we can give them that peace of mind, um, you know, help them not be emotional when otherwise they might be, you know, it's, it's a lot harder to not be emotional with your own money um, rather than when you have someone that you can call and, and basically right. the ledger or make sense of your money too. Um, like for example, I just had new cl- uh, brand new clients um, who said they, they they know they have a lot of wealth, but they have no idea what it means. So we really put wealth in context too for people and and tell them why well, you have X and this means that you're gonna be able to do this, this and this with it. Um, so my role is not to tell people what to do. My role is to tell people like, based on what you want to do here is how you get there right
0: i think that that especially with what you do with um you know divorces and stuff like that you really help remove the emotional side of things yes um, and then
1: divorce the it's it's probably more dramatic i would say because when you sign when you get ready to sign a property settlement agreement you have a one time shot at getting it right um there's no do-overs. You you might be able to change the support that you, you know, you might modify support, you might modify some things like that, but you cannot modify the division of property post-signing that document. So um, that will sound dramatic, but you have to get this right. And I think, you know, you can go out it cheap, but you might pay for it later, where I think it is important to really gather that team when you're going through a divorce and um, and having to sign that property settlement agreement. Um, you know, there, there's really no redoing the plan later on that one.
0: Right. So you've been doing this for a number of years now. Uh, mm-hmm. what is it that you know now you wish you knew when you first started out?
1: Um, that's, uh, you know, a few things. Um, one, you know, one of them realizing more and more every day is that there's no, um, is a definition of wealth. What is wealth? You know, in a, as a young kid out of college, you know, becoming an advisor, um, as like, well, wealth is having money, right? Is having that $1 million plus, which, you know, in this area is not that wealthy anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> but now like I'm realizing like having wealth is really like having the freedom to do what, what is important to someone. It's not a number. So I kind of wish I had known this then because it would have helped me kind of coach people better along the way um, and really help them make sense of their money. Um, And I think that's, you know, another thing is, you know, as, as a young advisor, I was more focused on my technical skills and, you know, knowing everything, like even, you know, I'm not a CPA, but knowing so much about the tax code and, and this and that. Um, But not that it's not important today, but, you know, people just assume, you know, that stuff, like what they really hire us for is, is the coaching and, and helping them again, make sense of their money and, and simplifying the complex, not trying to sound smart. Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think something important there too is is that you know you're the expert on the 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 financial advising side of things. I'm the expert on the tax thing, and everybody needs to have their experts in those different areas. That's right. Mm -hmm. I don't try to tell anybody where you should invest your money because I don't keep up with that. I keep up with what the tax laws are, right? Um, And I think it's important for people to understand that that you know. When we do this, we all stay in our. Uh, you sh- everybody should be staying in their lanes.
1: I agree. Uh,
0: type thing, mm-hmm. but then also, you know, doing the the, the support with things—that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, when a client first comes in and meets with you, um, kind of what what should their expectations be?
1: Um. So first, I would say. You know, we we definitely don't try to be all things to all people. So the the first thing is, you know, I want clients to to be comfortable with us and make sure that we're a good fit for them. Um, Meaning I want to make sure that my expertise and my experience matches with theirs. So um, it's going to be a conversation first where we're trying to understand what our client's needs are. Um, and how we might be able to help them. And, and and then, you know, the same is true for them. And, you know, we tend to have clients for a very long time, if not for life. Um, so I do think this beginning relationship is so important. Um, you know, if we're not a good match, there's no need to try to force that relationship. So first it's, you know, the, the, the very first um, thing that we do is, is just have this, kind of introduction and uh, a conversation and and then once we think we might be a good fit then we have a very strict process um, that we follow you know making a making sure that we understand really everything about our clients and what they're trying to accomplish um, and then we, we really identify their strengths and weaknesses, how to get to where they're trying to go. And so, as you said, it's it's pretty involved at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just becomes a little bit less involved over time. I mean, from their perspective, like we're always involved. Right. Um, we do require um, a lot of time with our clients at the beginning.
0: So I think something that's important for the listeners to, to kind of reflect back on with what you just said was nowhere in there did you say that you're asking them to move their money when you first meet with them?
1: Oh you're, no, you're building, no. You're building a
0: relationship <laughs> with them before that. And right. I think that it's important for our listeners to understand that if somebody's trying to push them the, the their very first meeting to move money, they're, right? I mean bells and whistles but- should be going off.
1: The big word right now is the F word, you know, the fiduciary term. Um, and so if, if we even ask people to move their money before we even know what they're trying to do, it would clearly not be in their best interest. So uh, first and foremost, we wanna do what's best for our clients. So moving the money is secondary. You know, of course money is important, but it only funds the plan, it's not the plan itself.
0: Right, right. So we've covered a lot of material. What haven't I asked you that you wish I would have?
1: Ah, let's see. That's a good question. (laughs) Um, You know, what I would say is, you know, how, how... one thing that's my pet peeve is so many people call themselves a financial advisor but not necessarily have the credentials and i'm not you know i'm a i'm a cfp certified financial planner myself so i'm obviously biased towards cfps but it doesn't necessarily mean that people are not cfps are bad advisors right but they had you know maybe a good question would be like, how do you find a good advisor um so you know definitely ask those questions like um you know are you a fiduciary um meaning like, will you put my best interest ahead of yours, which sounds completely crazy to me that some people, that it wouldn't always be the case, right? It's so important. Um, how are you compensated? And and just have that conversation, that feel of, um, you know, definitely, if you're looking for an advisor, interview a few people and see who you feel comfortable with. You know, this is so important. It's more than money, it's, it's, it's your family, it's everything else, right. um, so. definitely ask for people's credentials are they just an insurance agent like kind of being an advisor or um you know will they provide a plan like what are their services um so i think that um again not that you have to go with the cfp but um if you go on on this um on the cfp that net, they have a a list of questions that you can ask an advisor. And I think it's a pretty good list of questions to give you a good idea of, um, you know, who is that advisor? And what service? What can you expect from them?
0: That's, that's great advice. um, Because that's always important to know where to go look um, to make sure somebody, um, you know, you know, people, people do research on businesses and stuff like that. But lots of times they don't do it on the individual. So that's great advice. Um, Cecile, if, if people like what they hear and they want to talk to you, um, if they're going through a divorce or not, how can they reach out to you?
1: Sure. Um, so my email is uh, Cecile Holtz at argentbridge.com. Um, but you can, it's probably easier to just go on our website, argentbridge.com. Uh, advisors.com and um you'll you'll see um a, a list of our we call it our exceptional people because I, I truly believe that we have an exceptional team uh and so my name again is cecile holt uh, feel free to reach out and uh, we would be more than happy to have a conversation and see how we may be able to help all
0: right thank you so today our guest has been cecile holt who's a partner and private wealth advisor with argent bridge financial thank you